Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Sweetman. And uh, thanks, as always, to Yeasty Boys and Tea Leaf Tea. This is a conversation with a guy called Ben Tollich. He records and tours under the name Marley Marley. Um, he's been making music for a, a decade or so, um, under that name, I mean. And uh, and this was my first time meeting him. He was in, this was recorded a couple of months ago. Uh, he was in Wellington uh, for a show, and he came around the next morning for this chat. Um, we had at least twice before semi-planned to do a chat and it hadn't worked out so this was a podcast for me that I really look forward to it was a long time coming this conversation because we've corresponded but we'd never actually met um, I'm a big fan of his music I've re- reviewed I guess um, most of his albums and um, really just sort of discovered them by by the kind of fluke of uh, well I think possibly he sent me the first one I don't know but um He's got a story actually on this on the during this conversation that I recorded an album that he did under another name for New Zealand musicians. So I didn't know anything about him then. Um, yeah, and I've just really liked his music, and we've um, you yeah, know we've had a few chats online. Uh, both Bob Dylan fans, so there's a bit of a conversation about that as part of this. And uh, I just really really enjoyed the chance to to finally get to chat with him. Um, we talked through his, his, you know, as we do, his, his life and his, his catalogue of music. Um, we talked about um, mental health and religion, and we talked about his day job, which is working as a carer, and how he actually contracted um, the coronavirus right at the start, just bef- just right around the time before we were going into lockdown. Um, as a complication of his work, obviously it ran through the, the workplace and, uh, and everyone there was infected. So he talked about that. It was a fascinating conversation and it finishes with a live performance. So this is a song that, I think it's a brand new song, I think it's an as yet unrecorded song um, by Ben, by Marley Marley. And, uh, and yeah, I love this conversation and I hope you enjoy this too. There'll be links to his music um, and, and you'll be able to, you know, check that out. Um, the most recent release came out um, a few, you know, a wee while ago, like um, last year, the end of last year, there was an EP um, and an album just before that. So there were two releases in 2020 and um, yeah, there's a catalogue of records to check out um, before that. So I hope you enjoy this and if you're new to his music, please do check it out. This is me talking with Marley Marley or Ben Tollich. So we've we've literally just met. You've walked through the door, but it's funny because not only have we corresponded a few times over the years, and I've listened to your music, but we've been meaning to do this podcast. We've had it semi-scheduled a couple of times. Yes, yeah. Obviously, last year COVID uh, got in the way of not just our podcast, but many things. Yeah, and yep. and you've got a bigger COVID story to tell than than some people. True. Yes. Um, <laughs> But I can't remember before that. I can't remember how it worked out. But I think you've just had ca- uh, shows that have cancelled, or uh, you know, two of things that have yeah. changed. Or you were down here and I was away, and vice versa. So, anyway, I feel I've been listening to your music for a, sort of nearly a decade. Yeah, it's and crazy, yeah. yeah, and um, and you know, I've been a fan, and yeah, we've exchanged a few messages, but we don't know each other. No, this is but the first time. We're um, obviously into a lot of things, like we've been talking off tape for a few minutes about Bob Dylan, and mm-hmm. we'll probably that'll come up again mm-hmm. so we've got a, a bit of stuff in common but i don't even know how i've sort of even found your music really yeah i don't i think i th- i feel like i would have sent you something yeah, at oh, yeah, definitely i mean definitely the last couple of records but 
I, th- I feel like what I mean is the first album, the Goose Clock one, yeah. was the first full album, wasn't mm, it? Mm. And I hadn't heard the earlier EP until after that. Do you know you actually reviewed... I have an EP that I have is not on my band camp or anything. Oh, that really? you actually reviewed oh, okay. for a New Zealand musician. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. So, ah, um, okay. Uh, yeah, I need to put that... Oh, well, so maybe you did send me the Goose Clock record. I think I would have. Um, Based on, that, that's I, coming back to me now, yeah, I right. guess for that first EP... Okay. Um, the reason huh. uh, it's... it's it's um, I should put it up at yeah. some point. It's 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 a it was before I really found my voice, so mm. I don't tend to. Mm-hmm. I, I from Brotherly the second yeah, year, yeah. that's where I feel like I started. Yes, but you did review the first one oh, on okay. New Zealand Musician magazine, and I, and I obviously didn't hate it. You didn't hate it, no. It was yeah. uh, you know, you didn't love it either. But <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I can't. I can't rem- I'd be. I'd be. You need to put it up because I'd be interested yeah. to hear it again. Yeah. Or, it's. Um, I, I think. Um. Yeah. I at the time my influences were a bit more like, uh, kind of pop rock kind mm, of. I ha- okay. I had a band and it, and it took me a while to realize actually I I. I can't. I I really struggle with a band unless it's like you know the perfect yeah, yeah. group of musicians. What. Well, it's yeah. interesting because I was listening back to your stuff in sequence, the the stuff that's available in yeah. sequence, um, prepare you know to prepare to talk to you, and I was thinking, like in a way, you've sort of done the opposite of a lot of people because your music started off sounding more more band like, mm, and yeah. you've not regressed, but you've refined it mm. to much more of a solo endeavour. Yeah. And actually, quite often with people, it's the opposite. The early EP is them on their own. True. The second EP or album, that a friend has helped out. Yeah. And then the band, sort of, either the band or the band arrangements grow, and you've almost done the opposite. Well... Is that a conscious thing, do you think? Yeah, I think it came to uh, recording myself, mm. mainly. So the first EP I did... Uh, with a guy named David Parker mm. and I had um, I was still kind of playing as a band then it was much more it was a three piece and it was a bit more um, I had already recorded this, uh, written the songs by myself and so I recorded that with him and then I went to Australia to record the Goose Clock album mm. um, with um, a guy named Mark Myers who was in a band the Middle East which I was a, a big fan of so that was a real like exciting thing to do mm. and then after that I album, remember that band they were great yeah yeah, yeah. and Jordan the um, lead singer he's he's a mate of mine now and um, he comes over to tour every now and then yeah um, one of my favourite songwriters actually yeah um, but so we did that Goose Clock album and then I think so that after that um so I played in Avalanche City for a while as well as the keyboard player, and that was a weird period because I wasn't doing my own music. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of um, where my what kind of happened in my head, but I, w- I obviously needed to start recording again, and I thought I may as well just do it myself. And yeah, I, yeah. I think I was listening to a lot of a low lot of lo-fi artists at the time, so I yeah. thought, well, if this sounds really bad, that's kind of cool too. <laughs> <laughs> there was that. I mean, there is always instances of it but there really was that kind of peak of the 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 cool lo-fi indie singer mm. songwriter in the mm. in the early 2010s wasn't there i mean yeah. there's, there's several other moments through yeah. through modern music history where that's a thing but well, it's funny because i was kind of so that was for the second album and um i set up in my parents house in the basement and i i kind of just figured it out myself I had friends teach me the basics because I'm a real technophobe mm. um, and it actually sounded it, you know I, 
people afterwards said, who did, like, who'd you record with? And, like, because mm, it actually mm. sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And so I was a little bit pumped. I was like, damn it, I wanted to make a lo-fi <laughs> record. <laughs> um, but I haven't failed the hi-fi step <laughs> quite yeah. enough. And from that point on, I realized, oh, this is probably how I'm going to do it for a while because, mm. um, you know, to me, before music, I was... I would draw all the time and mm. if I'm it's now it feels like the same thing I'm recording myself I'm mixing myself it's just my own little it's like my sheet of paper that I yeah, have control yeah. over the whole thing um eventually I, you know I'll, I'll I'll try some I have to be someone I trust but I'm keen yeah. to collaborate a bit more but so that's why I think over time so it's where, just become more refined where did the Marley Marley name come from so that's um because that's, cause that's cr- a constant. Like that, yeah. That's your recording name. That's who you are. When that's, you um, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's... Um, my grandpa called me that. It's Croatian. means mm. like little or mm. little boy. And I think at the time when I was trying to think of... I didn't want to be my own name. Mm. And I was thinking of... Uh, it just kind of came to me because I, I think I was feeling the, the, how insignificant... I am in the grand scheme of things and in the universe and Mali means little so I thought yeah that works and then but there were some other bands called Mali so I thought mm. I'll just I'll just double it <laughs> yeah 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 um and so and so that kind of that's just kind of been the thing mm. yeah yeah and it's cool I love, I've, I've always thought it's cool that double word mm. For a solo project, oh, like okay. it, you know, it's got that s- slightly more misleading. Yeah. You know, well, it's not a great Google. It's not a great Google name. No. And it, and it, and it doesn't. People hear it and they're not going to think, you know, acoustic or no, like singer songwriter. People which go, is not I don't, great. I don't need to hear another, you know, Marleyan music project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there was that again. There was that wave of that. I think David Albarn. So I'm so not doing myself yeah, any yeah. favors, but again, it's just something that was personal. That's cool. Well, yeah. no, that's cool. Not only the personal story, but like it's cool to kind of hide your um, project. Yeah. In the in the internet's ether and let people find it. I think so. I think it, it makes it slightly more rewarding if someone does come across it and mm. it's not what they expect. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I say, I'm not doing myself any favors. Um, but well, I can remember reviewing the Goose Clock album and basically saying, or or the album after that, and basically saying, I don't like this album title or the band name. <laughs> yeah. And um, and you know, but that doesn't matter when mm. the music's good. That doesn't matter. And yeah. I thought, you know. I thought that was a good point to try and put across. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I've got hung up on it before. People do judge books by their covers. Yeah, it's a fact. totally. Yeah. And I've thought, I can't like that. Mm. It's a shit name. about mm. Not about yours, but there are some really bad mm. musical ideas out there. The, the the band title and stuff. And you just think, I can't support that. Totally. But, but, but you know, that is what the whole streaming era and the removing of buying an album and putting it on your which people still do but that when you were able to send links to people here's Mm. the thing I'm listening to now it's a YouTube clip Mm. check it out Mm. you know it it became about well what does it sound like who cares what it's called what it looks like I like the idea that you know from my experience you you listen to something and after you listen to it enough it becomes the name becomes this whole world yes and so I like the idea of Marley Marley eventually you know, becoming something else for someone, yes. and, and and then you can't erase it. You know, once it's become that thing, like you know, exactly like Smashing Pumpkins. You know, yeah, I can't yeah. not think of what that 
Agreed. Now, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Radiohead is, you know, yeah. it's like, you know. Radiohead was <laughs> is a, a one of the lesser known Talking Heads songs. Yeah, that's you right. You know, and it's like you never yeah. think about that. I wonder if they kept On a Friday, if they would still be yes. as epic as they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? On a Friday sounds like <laughs> just the, sh- like, what David Brent would be in. You know, like <laughs> yeah. just the shittiest sort yeah. of, like, middle-aged man trying to do pop, doesn't I know. it? It's amazing to think if... if it would still be the same if they kept that name. <laughs> so, so let's yeah. let let's go back mm. to well, I was going to say before Marley Marley, but if it's a childhood name, let's go back to when it was just a childhood name and not a musical name. Where do you grow up, grow up in the world, and what's happening for you? Uh, 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 North Shore. Mm. Uh, been basically in Auckland, yeah, my whole life. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, and you're into drawing. Yeah, from an early age. Yeah, so always kind of creative in that sense, um, drawing and uh, like yeah, that was basically it. it Arty family? No, no. Yeah, my sister, my sister is she's uh, she's an uh, actor and a writer, um, and um, so me and my sister have been yeah always creative, and mum and dad. In their own way, but not in an obvious way, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so it's so they weird. didn't they didn't like hate the arts and instruct no. you to do a commerce degree and no, very, make very, money or anything very like supportive. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very supportive of our creativity. Yeah. But it's just funny how parents can not seem, you know, yeah, uh, that way, and then their children are like the opposite. Yeah. yeah so no, yeah. they've been very supportive. Um, but so yeah, drawing. Um, and then, I mean, I always, music was always on the side, but it wasn't until I started skating. So uh, skateboarding was like intermediate and first few years of college. And, uh, which I actually think is quite a creative outlet as well. Like it's a sport, but I think people are drawn to it because it's, it's very creative mm-hmm. too, at least for me. And then, but it was the songs on skate videos that um yeah it's such a um subculture oh yeah Uh, and and so many songs i hear now like even going through dylan again i'm like hey this was from that skate video like (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't realize but um so skateboarding um you're making me remember that talking to people i mean i skateboarded a a tiny tiny amount and could never call myself a skater but Mm. through that i obviously knew people who were good at it and into it and you get you talk to them about music Mm. and that's their reference point so Mm. they will talk about how much they love you know, Dinosaur Junior or mm. Mud Honey or the Beastie Boys or whatever, mm. and it'll always be a link to either a skater who basically endorses them, yeah, or just a video. Yeah, well, yeah. there's a video called Four One One VM, which was like they they came out every uh, maybe month or maybe more more than that, but they would have the title of the song before the person's skate part, um, and so there was a band called Vast that I got uh, so obsessed with, mm. um, American uh, guy like alt rock dude um before that you know there was kazaa and i would find the song on kazaa and make my yeah, own little yeah, yeah. cds and then um uh so i got obsessed with vast and i started teaching myself songs from playing the skate video and pausing it and and learning by ear on the piano there was actually um an album leaf song called mm. um, the mp which was on a skate video and that was one of the first songs i taught myself on the piano um, God, I love that album leaf stuff. It's yeah, so, yeah. I keep. I mean, there's one album in particular that I love, but there's a few pieces off the other albums, and it's just like mm. it feels like 
yeah, the perfect realization of of space and texture and tune, mm, you know, all mm, in one. Like it's yeah. it's basically, I you know, it's no surprise to see him go off and actually start scoring films. Is now. that what he's doing now? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. under the album leaf name. Oh, okay. But the last couple of records have been album um, album soundtracks, and okay. it's like they sort of always were. You know, he's one of those great examples of you could always. I remember um, when I got hooked on the album leaf having a still having a discman yeah and thinking that was a fun thing to have i mean ipods were around but i had a discman and i remember going to sydney and loading up cds for my flight yeah yeah and yeah. listening to the album leaf and t- timing it for the takeoff <laughs> and yeah. just go you know just going man if this was a movie well it'd be a pretty boring movie but yeah. it would have a great soundtrack yeah you know, this totally. would be it. <laughs> yeah um yeah so uh and from that yeah, it kind of evolved from yeah. learning songs and then... Um, and what did you go to instrumentally? Like, what was your... Did you play a few things? What's mainly your, piano. Yeah. So piano was... I was going to say, is the that, that, that's the main... Because yeah. you've gone... Again, you've gone back to that. That's mm. the real primary driver on the last album and EP. Yeah, it? you're right. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I, I started on piano. I feel most comfortable on the piano. Yeah. I've actually started writing on the guitar again recently, but yeah. um, I think... Yeah, so piano. Um, I didn't learn guitar until um, would have been yeah a bit later. Yeah. Going to Christian camps, you know, everyone had a guitar, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I can't do anything. So mm. that was that was the impetus behind that. Yeah. Um, but um, the uh, what was I going to say? The piano. Um, yeah, I actually got lessons uh, in primary school on the piano. And it was funny. I, I had a lovely piano teacher who, who um, would try and get me to, you know, follow a lesson, and then I'd be like, "Nah, can you teach me Pink Panther or something that I want to <laughs> learn?" Mm-hmm. And he would actually go with it and teach me songs that I wanted to learn, which kind of uh, meant I didn't hate the instrument because I've had. Mm. I've, in other instances, I've tried to learn an instrument. They've been very strict, and I've been put off. So he kind of went with me, and then when I met my wife, uh, at the time my girlfriend, we went. She invited me to her uh, family Christmas party and introduced me to her uncle, and that was my piano teacher from primary school. Wow! So now we, uh, yeah, it's all kind of that's uh, crazy. connected yeah. together again. That's a very New Zealand story. Though. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because your wife's a musician as well. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's. Um, like classically trained yeah yeah um, proper so yeah she proper proper musician yeah so cellist and cellist uh, yeah. harp yeah uh, mainly piano um, yeah a bit of cornet she's she's throughout my albums yeah and when we the, a few albums back we were in a she played as a band member and yeah it was funny seeing how, how we'd butt heads because she's very yeah, you know, come, come from a different musical world. So she's like, yeah. what's the time signature in this? And I'm like, I don't know, I just, just feel it, you know? Um, and, yeah, but she's great. She sits so she's in, not in the band anymore, That's <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, well, I don't even have a band. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but she, well, I'd love to uh, do some more stuff with her, mm. and I think we will in the future, mm. but her schedule's pretty busy, and it's just, it, it works this way at the moment. But mm. um, she, um, um, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's the background of your um, adolescence and, and creativity and yeah. getting in, and so so when you get into music, that becomes 
it doesn't take over from drawing, but that becomes clearly... Oh, I guess it did, more, actually. It does, yeah. yeah it becomes it more does. the focus. Well, it was like skateboarding. Yeah. It took over skateboarding. I'd right. say skateboarding was in the middle, you know, there was drawing and skating, and then uh, music took over that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and what, are, what are the immediate ambitions for you to, you know, with music? What are you trying to do? Write songs straight away? Yeah, what did I try to do? So it went from learning to... Yeah, I, I started writing. Um, I've actually got like a album before that first EP we were talking about yeah. um, of my very first songs. Uh, that um, there's a studio in Birkenhead called Earwig Studios. Mm. You actually might know um, Darren McShane. Yeah, from yeah, Super yeah. Turtle. Yes, that's his. Yeah, yeah right. So I think one day. Well, oh, I haven't met him, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, we've so corresponded, and I've listened to his music. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, it would have been, oh, when was that? I'm, I'm bad at dates. It would have been like 2004 or five, mm. probably. But my dad was filling up at the gas station and he saw his, I think it was his car that said recording studio. So he talked to him and um, I went up there. Um, dad told me about it. So I went up and recorded a birthday CD for my mum oh, yeah. for her uh, 50th. Yeah. And uh, so that was my first taste of, <laughs> I, I did a couple of covers and a couple of my own songs. Mm. Um, and then I recorded, I went up there again and recorded, uh, like a full album of my own stuff. And then again for that first EP, which, which you reviewed. Mm. Um, so I actually, yeah, it was, you know, that was a cool little time. Um, all analog studio, Mm, everything, mm. no computers. So it was an interesting taste, um, to get into it. But, um. What was your question about? Oh, just uh, about what ambitions with music, and certainly with oh, ri- yeah. you know, certainly with writing, because some people that go through formally learning an instrument don't necessarily gravitate towards writing their own fully fleshed song straight away. They can they can write pieces yeah. of music, but it's a different. And then and then, lots of people who have no never get musical formal training. Mm jump straight into I've got ideas for songs and, oh. the, and and what might run out as their facility for being yeah, able right. to realise them <laughs> I was very ambitious thinking mm. thinking about it yeah recording all that stuff mm. back then um, yeah um, so it was always just yeah writing songs I guess and then um, and this is a, a, a horrible and an F question, but where do the songs come from? Like, what are you like lyrically? Mm. What are you trying to put down in the early days? In the early days, oh yeah. man, yeah. Well, that's part of the reason I, don't, I haven't put them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> the I hadn't figured out how to really, you know, hone lyrics because because <laughs> because there's a relationship here between as you're getting musically more refined and more singular mm. a, as an artist you're lyrically getting more well sophisticated is the word but you're also getting more confessional mm, mm, more yeah. you know the, the, so, the lyrics are running deeper into your not just you and who you are but intimate experiences mm. in your life like a diary yeah you're right yeah so lyrics they started off very I, Moon and June. I had no, I had no real understanding. Yeah. Like they're not necessarily all bad, but I, I just didn't really think about the craft that much. Mm. And then, um, and then yeah, that that EP Brotherly is when I first started feeling like I, f- I was finding my voice, 
and those lyrics are quite conversational almost mm. just like mm. i'm just going to say it how it is and that's going to be can't argue with that and would you just, still play anything off that because yeah. i was thinking those songs really um you know stand up yeah with, with the more recent stuff yeah, like no. the arrangements are a little different but they could be paired back to be played solo and, yeah, yeah I, i'm uh, sure they started that way so i got to support finn andrews last year which was cool at the um what's it called the hollywood cinema mm. which I, I haven't played in a the theater like that and i played one of those songs you know for that yeah, so yeah i still yeah, i still yeah. really like that ep yeah. um um yeah um but yeah so confessional that came uh the confessional stuff probably came after listening to sun kill moon yeah um which was the sec my second album um yeah i was gonna say it comes in after goose clock doesn't yeah it? yeah that's when i was like oh wow like, and i remember when we first sort of probably started corresponding a little bit um that was yeah benji was a big yeah. record for a bunch of people oh yeah that, that kind of blew my socks off yeah. at the time and yeah it still does it's a great album yeah i haven't listened to it in a, in, in, a, in a few years but um i imagine of all of his stuff and i don't feel much warmth towards a lot of the more recent things mm, there's mm. just too much yeah and the whole sprawling 17 yeah. minute monologue thing <laughs> there are people maybe listening to this and there are people that love what he does that mm. will swear by that stuff mm. and i've listened to a couple of them and gone oh there's a you know it's kind of amusing but they feel like one listen things to me but yeah. i imagine you know after you leave i could put on benji and just go wow what a beautiful well, album I, yeah. I think i agree um yeah. I, I dabble in some of the recent stuff but i yeah. don't get hooked on it and, yeah the way um, that benji benji was the perfect balance of real craft as well as that confessional like mm. rambling stuff because the you know, they were just like great songs, you know, ultimately. That's what I mean, he's so filterless. I remember mm. I email interviewed him years ago. Wow, really? Like, I was at, like it was a commission thing. It was for a little zine. Um, one of Blink's Alo Hum. Oh, okay. Mag when he was doing the magazine things. Mm. And it, I think I did two or three interviews for that. Mm. And I think the other two were local. And then he's like, oh... Do you, can, can you interview Mark Kozilek? Because mm. he was coming, he was playing here. He was doing a solo show under his name. Yeah. And I went, oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, it won't be a phone, it'll just be email. And you'd say, I'd send him these questions, just generic. I mean, email interviews can be pretty awful. Mm. Send him these generic questions for, um, you know, essentially gig promo. And they would come back with these, like, answers that are, like, you know, it's not hard to see. And and in the middle of, uh, you know, like, what's your favourite song to play on stage yeah. type question. Yeah. I can't remember what I asked him, but things like that. There would just be this, like, you know, oh, I first tried Crystal Meth when I was 13. Oh, wow. You know, I was sexually abused at blah, blah, blah. I don't wow. Know, you're, just, you're reading this stuff. Was going, he taking the piss or do you think he was... Well, that's yeah. it. It was yeah. kind of like I had to do some major kind of digging around into other interviews to go, what's the line yeah. of consistency here? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, um, on that the one... was before his... Way before... Benji kind of yes, stuff. Yes, yeah. way before that. Like, mm. so, you know, and I, and I was only a very, you know, I was aware of Red House Painters mm. and things like that. And I liked, I was not a diehard. I liked mm. some of the stuff. I was a bit of a fair weather fan, and mm. and I still feel like that. There are things. Those first couple of Sun Kill Moon records I really liked. Mm. There's the one of Modest Mouse covers that mm. I thought was great. Yeah. And um and then the one of original songs before that I like that. And then you know the I, I'm interested in the cut some of the covers that he's done over the years. Mm. But um, yeah, I couldn't say I was a massive massive fan, but I enjoyed seeing him play. He's problematic to talk about now. Yeah. 
and and you know I'll I'll ignore that because that's not what we're discussing. But Benji is yeah, it's it's one of those, and I feel like hopefully it will remain as one of those things you can point to and say. Mm. You don't need to listen to anything else by this mm. artist. You don't need to know anything about them. Mm. Just just listen to the stuff. Mm. And it's just gorgeous. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. heartbreaking and, yeah. and life-affirming at the same time. Exactly. I it think... reminded me, I had such a reaction to it. It reminded me of, um, you know, things like that, that Todd Solondz film, Happiness. And just, I started thinking about, you know, not even other albums, but, okay, yeah. you know, paintings I'd stared at, yeah. films that I've, I was like, this this is what he's done. He's made a piece of art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah. So how could it not have an impact oh, on yeah. you? Oh, yeah. And especially for me, that that time in my life, I was struggling, uh, like, going through, you know, some mental health stuff and really unpacking a lot of things. Mm. And so it was the perfect, um, it gave me permission to, to do something like that for my own yeah. songwriting. So yeah. there's, there's one song off, my second album, which is basically, you know, taking that on, using him as a yeah. way to completely confess about what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And it was really liberating because I could have hid behind metaphors and stuff, but I'm like, let me try and do that for myself and just say it how it is. And, um, and, and but it's not something I want to do every song, you know, like I, I like having a few songs. I think my albums have one or two songs that are confessional and then, Mm. And then the rest I get to, you know, be a bit more abstract or try and be a bit more poetic. But it's nice to to have that part of my brain that I can switch yeah, the, on to. The drawing thing is interesting because I always see like a lot of the the little instrumentals you, you'll you do or near instrumentals. Mm. You know, there'd be things like on the, on the latest record and EP, there'd be mm. things where the, the voice is like a background player. Mm, mm. And they feel very painterly. You know, mm. they feel like you're using music to paint a scene yeah, yeah that's that's right yeah but recently well that ep it's been um that's like an exercise and just i think every every album i try and improve my technique or i have improved my technique and this one was really wanting to just yeah have a piano album and really work on melody mm. and um i got a particular style that i've been trying to evolve um that you can have like a certain momentum and flow There's still songs in there but it's 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 some of it it's improvised too yeah. like it's some of the first stuff that I've had sections where I'll kind of you know yeah improvise a little bit which makes it kind of you can you can since it's only voice and piano I feel like you can listen to it more when there's sections that are kind of random you know um yeah yeah kind of brings you in a little bit it's interesting this the move to make a solo piano album comes up in people's career <laughs> oh yeah and it's interesting like it seems to fall into two i'm only going to use a, a couple of examples but it seems to fall into two categories like there's you know prince did the piano and a microphone mm. tour and an album came out and a lot of people were like wow you know i didn't even know he played the piano and it's like, oh, well, actually you know he plays everything and mm. he started on this and all of the songs are written on this and it was pretty easy to see how good he was for an extraordinary guitar player it was still mm. pretty easy to see how good he was on the piano so that was a real and that's similar to what you're doing and that you're going back to the instrument that mm. was foundational mm. and then there's this other thing where people see it as this great challenge and they're very un unlearned and uncultured around it mm, you know yeah. um shane carter did that piano true yeah which which i got in a bit of trouble with him because i thought it was fucking dreadful and okay. um, and he was pretty grumpy with me for saying so okay and i watched him do a show based around it and i thought well, this is just stupid like oh wow like 
you're so good, yeah. you know, at what you do. Like, mm. get why you would want to push the boat out. Mm. But don't do it this way. Mm. And and I believe true, true. and I believe Lord's in the middle of that process at the moment. Is she? Yeah, I believe she's learning. Maybe she has some facility for the piano already, but I believe she's schooling up mm. to release a solo piano oh, okay. album. Huh. That's going to be the next thing that's coming, from, which will be interesting. Yeah, I'm yeah. certainly curious about that mm. because I've had my thoughts about you know what she's offering the world and, yeah, yeah. and it, that will be curious but she seems to be coming more from that you know it's time to learn rather than this is the thing I learnt on okay. it's, interesting, I'm just, yeah. it's just interesting to me the lure of that but. yeah well yeah it's a it's hard it's a for a while even though it was my main instrument you know I've got two albums mm. that, that I don't play it that much because mm. I, I had trouble really um finding a way to play it that I, I liked, you know, because to me the guitar is, you can you can have that. The guitar is portable and it's cool, and, <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah, it, basically got, when it comes down to it. Yeah, you know, but like, with writing too, it's, yeah. it's got the, you can have some rhythm to it, you, yes. can, you can drive it along, and for me, piano, for a while, I was just, it was mainly chords yes. and atmosphere, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't until I figured out how to play in a way that can be driving and... Um, I always go back to this thing that, you know, piano players, keyboardists, and I listen to lots of piano-based mm. music, um, you know, from classical to favourite songwriters, but um, it never, to me, looks cool, you know? Like, yeah. And I think, like, keyboardists yeah. oh, in a band, you can't look no, cool. You that's can't why, look cool. That's why, yeah. Not I, that it's about that, but at a certain point in a person's life, it is absolutely oh, about Oh, totally, that. yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> I think... Um, yeah, when I play live, I have, you know, I have, I make the keyboard look pretty. So yes, at least yeah, it's yeah, got dress that it up. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and, and I sit down. I think if I was standing up doing like, yeah, 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 I, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, I always it's, remember uh, being crushed when I went and saw Faith No More play yeah. the first time, and I was a big, you know, I was a big fan of them, and and their keyboardist is great, but there he was standing at the front of the stage, you know, mm. doing the thing with, you know, dropping one hand down and looking back over his shoulder uh, and trying, yeah. and I was just like, this is. <laughs> Stupid, mate. Like, <laughs> just play. You're very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I get why you would have to do that because. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. you've got, uh, if, unless you're on stage with a sweet grand piano, yeah, it's yeah. hard to really. Um, well, that's it, and then and then you know this whole sort of um, wave of not just lo-fi music, indie music in general, and then the 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 weight of the song coming into people's minds has afforded the piano. A bit more reverence in recent years. You, you know? reckon? I think so. And yeah. you get again, you know, another great example of someone using the piano where it's clearly been foundational is well, Bob Dylan went mm. back to playing the keyboard mm, live, mm, mm. and um, Neil Finn, and a lot of his shows has you know favoured the piano and true, his, his true. solo shows, and yeah. as the this is the essentially this is the hub, you know, this is the tool of my composition. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting that. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I. Yeah, I feel I feel most at home, mm. home on that instrument. But like I say, I've actually been picking up the guitar a bit recently again, and yeah, um, and trying to. I just missed playing it. I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was focused nice to a be lot able to add and remove colours from the palette. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, to to recording that EP last year. Yeah, I think part of the reason I did it is because it was such a crazy year, and 
I wanted to experiment just doing something that didn't take much thought, and so just doing piano and voice and some synth stuff, there was something really freeing about, well, freeing about that. let's get to last year, but let's talk first, there's a couple of other albums okay, in yep. between, so let's yep. just talk through the process, I guess, of, of those, what they mean to you, how they further you, and what you're doing, you know, what are you doing to support yourself in and around making these records, mm-hmm. like... So yeah, so that's that's a huge part of the equation for yeah. me is finding. So part of the struggle, yeah, probably for any creative person, uh, for me particularly was, you know, balancing music with work, mm. with my you know relationship, um, and the my relationship with work was very hard um, up until uh, recently. Yeah, mm. so I was um, probably probably about almost 10 years of just failing at every job I did yeah just getting depressed um and and that that adds so much pressure as a creative person because you start to believe that you have to you have to use your music to make money which just which adds this you know whole other pressure on the whole thing um so so working I it was um what did I do I went I did window cleaning for a while um, which, which was fun, but again, I wasn't particularly good at, um, but I was working with friends, so that was cool. Um, and then when that fell apart, I started working in disability, which is what I'm still doing. Um, and it was from, yeah, from then that everything kind of started to fall into place and life became much more balanced and Mm. I was actually getting doing work that was fulfilling and like which yeah. I'd never experienced before yeah um it was always like so much pressure on I was like I didn't think it was possible to be able to do music um and have enough space for anything else you know I uh, think that there's this trap that a lot of creative people have can fall into have fallen into of like well I'll just get a job it can mm-hmm. be a soulless job because my my soul is in my creativity yeah but doing a soulless job is fucking debilitating, mm. you know, yeah. not feeling it. And plus you're, plus you're letting someone down. Mm. You're basically letting your boss down, yeah. the, the public that you, you know, whether you're doing windows badly yeah. or being a bit of a cunt behind the counter, <laughs> yeah. whatever, mm. like it's not a good thing to do. No. And we all go through it, I think, at mm. some point where you just think, well, that'll, that'll do, mm. you know, and then there are all those stories, you know, like from Henry Rollins making ice creams, True, yeah. you know, which yeah. he talks about all the time through to, yeah. you know, whatever. But then what you realise at some point is that there is a real soulfulness to doing a job well, being paid for it. Yeah. And that feeding into you, not stripping you of time, no. but actually feeding into, and it's a tough balance to work and out. It, and it doesn't seem possible until no. you experience it. That's like, right. Because every every you know, careers counselor I talk to, you, I'd do these tests, and all my results would come back. I want to be a musician, you know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and <you're> like, duh. <laughs> yeah. And so it was. It was really hard, and my therapist that I was seeing at the time. He said to me, you know, he just, I remember him saying, there is enough, I, I think there is enough space in your heart to be able to balance your relationship, music, and something else. And he kind of just spoke that, and I believed him, and he was right. Mm. And um, it, it was just about finding the right thing, which came down to, in every job I had and sucked at, the one thing that I could do was relate to the people and get on with mm. my fellow staff or the, the customers 
talking and so I was like I need to find a job that is, is based around people and then a friend mentioned you know um, working in uh, disability and hooked me up with someone that I still work with today um, and then I also have another job I do so two part time jobs working yeah. as a carer yeah like one on one support work yeah. with a guy um, who's, who's very independent mm. and um, uh, you know he I'm his PA he you know mm. and um then this other job is in a centre for people with uh, really high needs or disabilities. Yeah. Which is which is a real shock for me. Um, uh, when I first started, it took me about six months to get used to it. But um, again, that opened up a whole part of myself that I didn't mm. know I had as well. Working yeah. working with these people. Um, so two part time jobs in disability, and then that gives me enough time to keep creative. creative. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it's. You know, yeah, you instantly know you're doing an, an important thing, a helpful thing. Yeah. And that stirs you in some way. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, I took a job for, for friends of mine, that, but they asked me if I would consider looking after their child mm. who had been born with um, Down syndrome mm. and then had um, contracted, you know, an illness mm. that had put them behind the development yeah. curve, shall yeah. we say. Um, and they had... Um, beaten the cancer okay that this as a baby oh wow yeah yeah but couldn't be you know so it was was there was an immunity compromised situation yeah. so they couldn't really go and hang with other kids oh, okay. yeah. so they and i was thinking about going part-time in my job to do more writing and i mm. said well i'm about to go part-time in my job why don't i just quit it and work for you guys because mm. and they were like we would love that and so i had this arrangement where i was basically the nanny wow for them and um I loved it, you yeah. know, and I still think, apart from raising my own son, mm. um, which is why they asked me to do it, because they're friends and they'd seen me look after them, they used to live next door, so okay. they'd, seen, they'd actually seen me be at home with a child, yeah. so they were like, we need to go back to work, we've had a hellish time, yeah. we just need to both be at work, to, mm. you know, to function, um, so mm. we, we will pay you to look after him, and I was mm. like, this. I didn't actually think I could ever mm. look, look up, you know, I was always a person that thought, Kids are fine, but I don't really get that mm. fucking gaga over other people's babies. Like, yeah, yeah. it's fine. But my own one, you <laughs> yeah. know, I defend with my life. And, yeah, yeah. And is the best thing in the world. Mm. But anyone else, like, you're just, that's fine. You know, good luck. I hope, mm. you, I hope you grow yeah, up yeah. and survive and, and be a deep, you know, and don't be a drain on society. Yeah, but yeah. but then, it was it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. How long did you do only it for? for? Only for about four or five months. Yeah, yeah. Because that was what was required. Yeah, yeah. And so would I do it again? Yeah, I yeah, would. Cool. I'm not I'm not actively out there looking to do it, but mm. um, I would do it again because cool. it was amazing. And it yeah. was like, you just, every day, I just thought, well, I've helped. Yeah. I've helped not just one, you know, I've helped a bunch of people. Mm. You know, I've helped that whole family yeah. out. It does, it, uh, it does feel it good. good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice knowing you're doing that. And like, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah. And, and, and just, you know, on a real selfish level it was it was also i'd finally found something that i could do you know it wasn't just mm-hmm. that i was helping i was like oh this is i can no i agree i, I felt the same way i know what i'm doing yeah here. Like, yeah there's gonna be curveballs um there's gonna be thinking on the job which yeah. is great that's yeah. important but you actually fundamentally know mm. you can do it you mm. know what you're supposed to be doing yeah so the people yeah the people that i work with in the center they're all adults and yeah. um you know very high needs and mostly non-verbal so yeah, quite a challenge initially, but it's real awesome when you start to 
when the disability kind of disappears and yes. you just you just see the person yeah. and you've, you've, you 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 learn to communicate in other ways and you get it wrong most probably most of the time you know that's mm. that's the, the 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 thing about the job which maybe attracts me as a creative person is there's there's a whole lot of mystery to it mystery in in the sense that you 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 know you have to empathize and try and understand where what people are trying to communicate yeah. with you but also yeah. also in that it's such a new um it's such a new line of work you know it was the yes. generation before that was institutionalized you yeah, know yeah, and yeah. so you're, you're you're dealing with adults and taking them out to the park and you know i've had instances um actually this wasn't this particular one i wasn't part of but one of our people we took out and someone was just staring at him for ages mm. and you know, you could be kind of put off by that. And he was, and he just came up and said, you know, sorry to keep staring, but he reminds me of my brother who's passed away, who, who would never have allowed to be out and about like this, wow. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get, you get reactions like, the, like that. The good staring. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that's, it's really interesting seeing how yes. people react. Yes. Um, and most of it's positive, you know, like, yeah, and, no, and, or, or, you know, maybe a bit confused, but, um, it's nice being a part of, you know, a, a workforce that is trying to, you know, progress in something yeah, yeah relatively yeah. new. You yeah, know? totally. And mm. people um, can be awkward around that stuff because they don't know what to say mm. and do, but they mostly mean well. Like, mm. I was taking this child that was not mine to the standard things that you take a little baby to, like mm. the, you know, um, jungle gym things, the, mm. the, the sort of community um tots time mm. stuff so where they learn to crawl and move around mm. and interact with kids on a, on a, on a short term level and parents were very kind in coming up to me and saying oh it's, you know and all of the cliches oh it's so great to see a dad doing this <laughs> and it's like well I'm not actually his dad yeah you yeah know. oh oh really well you know you was uncle yeah yeah mom is nanny yeah you yeah know, and I loved saying that you yeah know, in fact I said to the people when I when I took the job off them I said there's one condition you're just not allowed to call me a manny because it's a fucking <laughs> it's a fucking stupid term yeah. we need to be equal opportunity about this nanny can be female or male or whatever yeah, gender. Yeah. it's just it can be a term let's yeah. just use that I want to embrace that because that's the role totally know, yeah you know? and so I loved saying that to people and then they'd be like oh wow like and you know and then people afford this yeah, over yeah. the top kind of oh you must be a really special person yeah. it's like actually <laughs> yeah. you know ask the members of 660 I'm actually a bit of a cunt you know like um, <laughs> it was good it was good fun you know like to I just, hope you said that yeah, yeah. just to um, I, I did say to someone once ask Fat Freddy's drop what they think okay. you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 so but you know it was good it was good mm. to do this and then you go back to you know I would finish that and I would come home to write my reviews and stuff and I would I don't know if I would do it in a different way but I felt a spiritual level of enrichment that mm. wasn't there when I had done some other jobs. Mm. Yeah, mm. so it was good. So yeah, that's for me that 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 things started falling together once once I found that work and that's when my you know creativity started really. I was able to just write and record and since I'd you know recorded myself with a second album and people said that that sounded good. Which one was that? That was As A Dog Dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that, I mean, that album, because I sort of forget all the titles when yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, put on the spot thinking about them, but I can see the covers and I, yeah. can, I can, and I think your albums, yeah, they make sense in a line, you know, mm, you can tell mm. what, 
what you could blind test someone, audio test someone, and I reckon they could pick oh, what okay, order cool. they were cool. invented in, perhaps. But yeah, yeah. That one certainly sounds like you know, yes, the 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 Benji influence is mm. strong, mm. but it sounds like. Um, someone that is yeah definitely getting their shit together and knows what they're trying to create yeah, yeah. and then it was the second the album after that azimuth yeah um which was i said which is more piano-y yes and, but but f- i think from so it was between as a dog dream and, and even azimuth more that confessional I've, that's the one that's got you the, reckon i think so or maybe it's just a couple there's of, a couple of songs on there. that's the one that's got the song we sort of talk about um People discussing your creativity and one of your in-laws saying that you... No, that's... that's oh, that is on, oh, right, yeah. okay. No, yeah, um, yeah. Azimuth is more spiritual. Oh, so there's okay. a song about Jesus, which yes. is quite confessional. Yes. Um, but it was between As A Dog Dreams and Azimuth that I, well, yeah. I got this new job. And so... Right, that's yeah, when yeah, that yeah. Okay. Creating, recording Azimuth was real freeing and easy. And, mm. then, and then ever since, I've been able to just kind of keep this momentum going of writing and recording and um and yeah religion and christianity what's the tension with that in your life um so you know i was uh went to church and was a christian in, um from uh, college you know uh, up until i mean honestly i'm very liberal with those terms now you know mm. part of me can still say i'm a christian but it doesn't mean anything like it used to you mm, know mm. um i the tension is like a lot of people you you know who go to church you know there's you get some really black and white yes. views um they were never extreme but enough to kind of affect how i lived my own life anyway um, and so you weren't raised on religion no as such, i came to that yeah i used to always kind of pray superstitiously when i was young mm-hmm. um you know as if like if i don't pray something bad's going <laughs> to happen and that's that's a sign more of my own like um neuroticism than than anything uh but the so i just went through the the usual kind of um deconstructive phase with faith uh jeepers i'm real bad with dates let's say um around 2000 10, 11, I don't know. Um, and, and now it's just, you know, I, I, I have a lot of time for the metaphor of yeah, yeah. spiritual like no, I, I, The and, reason I ask is that's what it feels like. I mean, you can feel that when you go through the albums and mm. you can go, like, like, whatever you want to call it, religion, mm. certainly spirituality, mm. um, faith, and the idea of it, it's a, a theme mm. that hangs over many of the songs it's 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 a language yeah. to explain yes. something else and, yeah and i'm still you know I, I i and i think i'm looking for it more myself these days mm, so you know I, I i i try to find it in people's work more like oh, interesting you know i wrote this poem a couple of maybe a month ago called church is a verb mm. and i felt really strongly about that mm. the idea and and i'm not mm. and have never been any sort of religious person, mm, mm. but I felt really strongly about that idea that you know, you, for all of the blame people put mm. on the one-sidedness of the church, mm. um, the idea of it is an incredibly uplifting, yeah, yeah, thing and a force in people's lives. Yeah, and to acknowledge that and know that it, you don't need to actually go there and be there, but it can be there for you. Well, it was funny. I think once I kind of did the psychological, you know, spending time in therapy and mm. really pulling myself apart internally, 
and piecing myself back together, even in just a purely psychological sense, the language of, uh, you know, spirituality for me, Christianity, because that's what I knew, started to make yeah. so much more yeah. sense. At once, once you, you kind of haven't, you know, go through something like that, and as a metaphor and as a way of, you know, describing uh, your your own truth. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I'm I I haven't reacted badly to I think you know some people have pretty bad church experiences and they bounce yeah. a complete other way I try and I try and you know have some sort of relationship with it but it's very it's very open you know yeah it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I was inter- I mean it's interesting I've I've sort of was and we'll get to this in a bit I guess but I feel like in some ways that the role of um, religion and spirituality in terms of your songwriting it kind of all leads to this cover of Bob Dylan's Changing of the Guards. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I sort of think like, again, <laughs> like just in terms of me viewing and hearing, I mean, I've heard each album as it's come out, admittedly, mm. but viewing and hearing it as a line, it's like, mm. oh, this is where it goes to, you know, yeah. and that really makes sense to me. It's kind of the opposite for him because he, <laughs> yes. was, he was yes. starting his religious phase yes. when mine was almost coming to, yes. you could say coming to a close, even though it's not. But isn't but, that the great thing about songs is they yeah. mean things to different people and totally. they're there for you to discover at different points. And well, Changing of the Guards for me is a song that uh, was one of the first songs from Bob that I learnt and loved and I um, I went to India with back in 2009 I think um, with a church group and um, I played Changing of the Guards it, we were at this um, centre called Freeset um, which is like based in the red light district of Kolkata mm. uh, it was a pretty mind blowing experience you know especially at the time for me um, didn't really know if I had the tools to really comprehend what was going on yeah but anyway i i, I played changing the guards to the people there so I've, i have this cool relationship with it where i've you know it's been with me for a while and it was nice to finally kind of put a version of it down to record it's a pretty incredible song and mm. i think you know i think you do a great thing with it because you do make it clearly different cool. from um the the version he recorded mm-hmm. um but it's you bring out you know, it's recognisable and you mm. bring out the... the it, it feels like that great way to do a cover where the songwriter is basically going, if I'd written this song, yeah, this might be how I would... You know, rather than a yeah. carbon copy thing. Well, There's two ways people do covers. I love this song so much, I just want to play it. Yeah. And then there's, God, I wish I'd written a song like that. Here's yeah. how I might have put it. Yeah. 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 Here's how it would have come out of me. Totally. And, and, you know, the song is so... It's got such a great rhythm mm. and groove and I knew I couldn't do that by just playing it on the piano so so because it's the opening track on Street League mm. and that was that was the first Bob Dylan album I kind of went what the fuck is this and I wasn't really sure about it <laughs> yeah yeah like I was I had lots of Dylan on CD and it was one of the first ones I bought on vinyl because I found it somewhere cheap and I was mm. like gosh I don't actually know this album Mm-mm. gotta hear this and I remember loving that song, mm. but also thinking, what the fuck is this album? And yeah. it's an album I've really gone back to recently. Yeah. And in fact, because it really, I mean, people point to Slow Train Coming, but it really is the start of yeah. Bob's Christian journey is in it, music. He, he was going through stuff when yes. he was writing that. Because yeah. um, it's the first thing after, you know, he's just dealt with the divorce and yeah. everything and the record previous. And you can hear it in the lyrics. It's pretty apocalyptic. 
and yeah. but hopeful, and he's on the brink of something. Um, but yeah, well, see, I heard it on. I never had Street Legal. I just had a compilation, yeah, and that right. was a song on that album. Yeah. Which, which, which. So I came to Street Legal later, and yeah, it's not one of my favorite albums, but that song. Some good things on it, though. Yeah. And, yeah. and that song is, and it's funny how you hear songs when you hear a song on a, a standout song like that on its own. Mm. It can be really funny hearing like the parent album, and it's yeah, and in yeah. that case, I mean, it leads off the album, and it's one of the great Dylan. You know, he he has these songs that just kick into force the album yeah I, I was thinking you know, that like almost, Hurricane and um, Tangled Up and Blue album openers, yeah. yeah in general great album openers yeah. but he has these ones you know obviously like a Rolling Stone is a great yeah. example he has these ones where it just sets the fucking time yeah. and pace and you're like okay so these are the rules yeah. this is how this album's gonna yeah, play yeah. yeah yeah I do find I don't, what, I don't know what you think but I feel still feel like Changing of the Guards is weird in context with that album like, yes totally it, 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 it's, it, it sets a bit of the vibe but it's also quite different. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. That's true. Mm. Totally. And melodically, I think it's really, I think that's what. Well, funnily enough, it's, it. a, it's actually true of all of those songs I just named. True, yeah. It is, you know, like. Rainy Day Hur- Woman is. You know. Hurricane's <laughs> amazing, but it's not. And, and it is, but as the rest of that album goes in a lot of different places. Yeah, you're right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Rainy Day Woman, Blonde on yeah. Bond, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. But it gets your attention. Yeah. I think with the album opener, like he really goes, you know, yeah, yes, but yeah, you know, Joker Man's another great yeah example, um, which is really the end of the religious phase, I think. Yeah, and and I mean, there's a little bit of stuff maybe on the record after that. That reminds me, I've got a cool Mark Knopfler story. Speaking of Joker oh, yeah. Man and yeah. Fidel's, yeah, um, I wanted to tell you. Um, so my dad, he's a car racer, and um, he he has a friend. They grew up in Te Aumutu, um, and they're both car freaks i unfortunately am not a car freak yeah yeah um yeah my dad sold cars and i'm not and so (laughs) my brother are car freaks and i'm not yeah and so um this my my dad's friend lives in london now and um he would go they would go and do like classic car races and stuff over there Mm. and um i can't quite remember the connection but mark knopfler is a car lover Yeah, yeah and um my dad's friend plays in a band over there. It's like a jazz band, I think. And, and anyway, some connection, he knows Mark Knopfler. Yeah. And so my dad spent, how long was it? Maybe. Oh, he might've been one of the original Sultans of Swing, was he? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he spent, uh, was it a weekend or more in a caravan with Mark for for a race, um, uh, for this, you know, race weekend. And so, uh, dad, my friend and Mark Knopfler in a caravan and, um, talking about music yeah, and, yeah. Um, and occasionally they um, correspond, correspond, which wow. is cool. And so yeah. I had this funny experience where um, it was early on when I was, you know, writing songs. Um, I, uh, Mark Knopfler was on a, like a, one of those prime rocks uh, yeah, TV, yeah. TV shows yeah. and I was watching it and I was feeling really inspired, but also really like down about music. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go onto the computer and look up his email address on my dad's email and send him an email. <laughs> and so I sent Mark Knopfler this email about, uh, can you give me some advice, man? You know, yeah. like, and he replied with this I lovely, bet. I bet. lovely. Yeah. He's a his, real writer. His and... son's, his son's a musician. Um, really encouraging email, um, which is lovely. And then my dad went over there, you know, again, and 
he's got this awkward photo of Mark holding my first album. Right, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, was gonna say please tell me he took him over the album. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did the. He's like, yeah, my son, you know. Oh, that's, and so I've got this photo of Mark holding my album. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, so that's fun. And are you, you know, would you characterize yourself as a Mark Knopfler fan of any kind? Yeah, like but in not terms a big... of, not a, yeah, because his contribution, it's funny. Like people just go Dire Straits, wristbands, mm. cheesy, but actually his contributions to music is so massive. Yeah, like well, as a side guy. Well, I. I, he's great and I, I'm just very slow when it comes to mm. getting into stuff you know I've only just got into the Beatles yeah, uh, yeah. with Mark Knopfler are they quite I'm, good uh, are they yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Privateering I really like yeah yeah, yeah that's a lovely that record quite a, quite a lot um, yeah Rag Picker's Dream is the other really good solo uh, album okay. I reckon I, yeah. I, you know that's a little different it's like very and you're getting back into the guitar it's very acoustic guitar based yeah lots well, of finger style guitar it's cool my dad said because he did speak with him a bit and mm. apparently you said Mark was saying that he's like kind of the happiest he's been as far as music creating goes in his whole career like oh to be fair this was you know this was five or, yeah. five or six years ago but he was saying you know he feels as happy as I think privateering was a really good mm. return to form after a couple of albums that were just just safe okay yeah I do think that and um I mean there's been one since that that I couldn't fully get a purchase on but it was okay mm. um but I was just saying to someone the other day I really hope I think there's been some talk about it, about it, but I really hope he's working on a memoir because, uh, you know, he's he is a writer. I mean, he's trained as a journalist. Mm. He's a real writer. And just the experiences that he's had mm. and the decision that he made, that he clearly made and is stuck to, to never reform Dire Straits, yeah, is very compelling to me. Yeah. And it tells me that he would have a great way of looking back through his mm. back pages. It wouldn't be all about... You know, then, then we played to this many fans and then we did this. And, you know, he mm. would almost have a, a cynicism. The funny thing is, people level such hatred around Dire Straits at their commercial oh, peak. Really? Yeah. And I wonder, I think, like, maybe right amongst them, in a way, oh, is Mark Knopfler. Like, I think yeah. he probably um, thinks it's about as naff as anyone else. Interesting. Which is, yeah. And just, you know, just the fact, here's a guy who produced Bob Dylan. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. a guy who produced some Aztec camera albums. He worked with Scott Walker. He wrote um, uh, "Private Dancer," the Tina Turner song. Okay, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of like those are the things you want to hear about. Well, that's that, that'll it. be interesting, and I reckon he wants to tell. He True. would be more interested in talking about that and the movie soundtracks, which I think are gorgeous. Surely like he's going to write something. Yeah, 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 I hope so. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a whole world that I. I yeah, I look forward to one day delving into properly. I mean, yeah. those early movie soundtracks he did were so, like, early 80s, they were so important to me because mm. it was like, I was a massive Dire Straits fan then mm. and I'm a part-time Dire Straits fan now, mm. but I was a massive fan then and I was really just discovering all that music and those albums came out, soundtracks to um, Local Hero and Last Exit to Brooklyn and Cal and Princess Bride, those mm. four. And they're just, you know, it's like, and it kind of like, to me, like there were people who'd done it before him, but it just kind of legitimised the idea that a pop musician can go off and be a soundtrack mm. composer mm. and be really fucking good at mm. it. Like, mm. you know, and I think there are people that actually love his soundtrack work that aren't interested in the songs. Mm. And that's and that's valid too. That's and cool. I, I love that idea that, a, you know, you can admire his taste and his touch mm. as a musician, but not actually want to buy everything he's done because how could you like everything yeah I really yeah. like that about him that's cool yeah that's cool yeah 
So that yeah, I mean the the Dylan period that I'm most interested in now is really from you know up to Infidels and from Street Legal. Okay. That that yeah. that Trouble No More compilation that came out of the Bootleg series one that deals with those religious years and plays a lot of the concerts from that. Okay. That's that really got me inspired by that because I knew those records and I thought they were okay. Like I always thought Shot of Love and Saved were nowhere near as bad as people said. Oh man. I, but I, now I actually really dig them. Like Shot of yeah. Love is actually up there, yeah. one of my favourites. Well, um, every grain of sand blew me away when I first yeah, heard that. Um, I don't know. I really like it. It's, yeah. it's really rough. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, yeah, great songs. Uh, yeah. Groom Still Waiting at the Altar. Yeah. yeah um, in the Summertime. Yeah. Um, I still haven't listened to Saved. I, I had Saved is pretty coming. cool. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, slow train coming's great, and I've got that gap in the middle. But yeah, um, yeah. sort of love, yeah, it's cool. And he, that's yeah, even that he's starting to not be so religious. Like it, it starts. Yeah, slow train, slowly... right? And and um, you know, which is Knopfler again, um, mm. playing on it. But but uh, gotta serve somebody is yeah. another one of those great sort of statement of intent songs yeah. that I think. Yeah, like, true. You know, and there's a few different versions of that live and stuff over the years. It's really a powerful song, and I yeah. think I think it's also a great example of that. Um, church as a verb, spirituality as a mm. metaphor. You know, mm. like that. It's actually irrelevant whether you believe in mm. Christianity or not. But here's what the bigger concept mm. actually means. Mm. Mm. And I just read this. There's this book that came out in 1980, and I just read it about a month ago really good music writer called Paul Williams wrote this book called Dylan What Happened mm. and it, you'd think it'd be um, it'd be an anti-Dylan book but it's really positive about yeah. the religious years cool he went and saw uh, like seven or eight shows in a row and he write it's a really slim volume and I found it in a second hand store and he um, he basically talks about how people wrote off those yeah, Dylan yeah. years without actually listening they just cool. they just read a couple of reviews yeah. that, and went yeah I'm not a religious person myself this must be horseshit. Mm. And he goes and goes into bat for him, yeah. and basically says, you know, yeah, here's what was good about this, you know. Well, that's what's it's cool. That's what's great about um, Dylan is, you know, this uncompromising, you know, going his own way. I was actually just listening to uh, interview, uh, what was it, Adam Buxton and Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, and, that's a good one. And yeah. they're talking about they talk about Bob Dylan, yeah. and Paul was like, you know, I went to his show last year and took me a while like everyone sees yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't actually know what song he was playing <laughs> yeah. um, and whereas with Paul you always yeah, that's, yeah. That's but, but Paul was like yeah. I really like that he does yeah. that and you know I, I Paul would like to do that but he can't bring himself to yeah, yeah yeah but that's that's what's that's what I find really inspiring about people like you know Bob Dylan is like and Neil Young and yeah um, and it's and I um, and the work ethic too, right? Like yeah, the, the I delivery. Think, the, the I think that's what I with with. I don't know if we're still going through the albums, but the album yeah. that I put out last year, yeah. um, that was um, that was kind of the ethos behind it was like because I was going through a lot of Dylan stuff and it's like just put the song down and things are gonna be a bit bung here and there and it's not gonna be perfect, yeah. but it's it's as long as I get the song. That's that's what matters. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about last year, but but since uh, as a bridge, how did you get into Dylan? Because I know we we talked off tape about how and I'm the same. It's he becomes this force that sort of comes in and out of your life. Yeah. But when did you first kind of connect with him? Um, my dad played a part because he had Bob Dylan in the car. Yeah. I remember hearing Hurricane. Actually, oh, yeah. that was on a skate video, Hurricane. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember listening to that a lot. Um, also, I have to thank my dad for Leonard Cohen as well because. Um, 
that's that he's been a huge yeah. uh, influence on me. Um, but uh, so yeah, watching those docos and then finally going, okay, what are the albums around here? Freewheeling, yeah, uh, times are changing. So it was just the folky stuff, and yeah. then and then I I never really bothered with the rest until you know three years ago I reckon. Yeah, like yeah, I knew of it, I knew of songs, yeah, I had yeah. the best of, but. Um, so there was a big gap. I, yeah. Bob, Bob got me, took me away from band music into singer-songwriter music, mm. and then that led me yes, to in, in, in appreciate people like Bill Callahan. I remember hearing Smog yeah. before I heard Bob, and I didn't, since I was just into bands, I was like, what is this? Yeah. So Bob was the first one to get me into singer-songwriter Oh, God, stuff. That, yeah. that latest Bill Callahan record. Oh, yeah. Record, I just think that's, I see, that that's kind of like a Benji record for me. Yeah. I, I reckon it's really up there. I reckon it's, it's way more low-key, but I think, yeah, I think it's like career best stuff. Yeah, and there's song, But Bob really is the, the king of the singer-songwriters. Mm. You know, he's the reason, you know, that, people were able to go off and do that job. Yeah. You know, and he, yeah. and he, and, you know, people talk about him having a ship voice and stuff, which is not true, but, yeah. but he did liberate mm. the idea that you had to be the world's most perfect singer. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, Man, yeah. he's, yeah, like, he's a great it's, singer. it's funny, yeah, yeah, it still take, obviously, people, people have an issue with his tone, but it's not that he can't sing. Like, no. I listen to... You, you always know. spot you always spot a real Bob Dylan fan because they'll always defend his singing. Yeah, you know, yeah. No one that really hit, likes him and has listened to him will ever go, yeah, he's a shitty singer, but I yeah. like his songs. That's that's um, 101 shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's... <laughs> listening to, like, even his more, you know, time out of mind, like, I'm yeah. listening to... One of my favourite songs is Trying to Get to Heaven. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And his voice, like, his inflections... Yeah. You know, people, when they first hear it, they just hear... Aah! Yeah, but it's like, nah, nah, he's, he's, the he's, pacing of that song yeah. is so crucial to it. It's like musically, the yeah. whole way that song is delivered is, is why it's so yeah. good. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I'm a big fan of Lovesick. I just mm. thought that was really, um, that's when I sort of knew he was back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you like, after a few years in True. the wilderness. That, and I, the first time I saw him wasn't a particularly amazing concert, but Lovesick was just mm. In a, I think every time I've seen him, he's played Love Sick. You went, you went to his pretty recent... I did. I saw the one in Auckland a couple of years ago. Because yeah. arguably he's playing the best he's played yeah, in Yeah, I was right? so pleased I went to that. Because yeah. I, I saw him in 98 mm. with Patti Smith. Mm. And then I saw him in 2000 and whatever it was. I've seen one. him twice. Probably yeah. those shows. Yeah, yeah, I saw the one with Annie DeFranco opening in like 2001 or two. Mm. And then I saw him in about 2007. And mm. I went, right, I'm good. Mm. You know, I, I haven't actually seen an amazing Dylan show, but mm. all up, it's been good, mm. and that's fine. And then he's been a couple more times, and I didn't go. And then yeah, twenty, I think it was twenty eighteen, mm. and I just kind of went like, "Fuck, I've just got to do this. Mm. I've got to go and see I him because." And so I went, and mm. I'm really glad I did. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah. And you know, we won't see him again. You know, that well, that was my thinking. Like he'll play, yeah. he'll play. As, well, that's how I felt. I was. I went to Leonard Cohen's last concert yeah. ever, yeah. you know, um, and that was special because my dad was there too, and he he introduced me to Leonard Cohen, and I can remember him playing Chelsea Hotel, yeah. and going, I wonder if this is going to be the last time he plays this song in front of people, wow. and then it was, yeah, yeah, it's still still. It's amazing. Mind. I mean, we we saw one of the in New Zealand, we saw one of the last ever Prince concerts, you know, oh, true. Were, you know, and I went to that, and I'm so yeah. glad I went to that yeah wow know, and that was really special wow and, you yeah. know and I mean I didn't go Leonard Cohen came here three times didn't he in total and I think I went to him twice yeah. so the first Me the too. first time that he came here on the back of that big tour 
and that was amazing. And the second time, oh, yeah. second time to me, it was great, but it was rinse and repeat. Yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't need to see it twice. He I had thought, a he had I, a thing. He had his thing. He had yeah. a show, and I ne- and which is why you go back and see someone like Dylan or Prince because mm. you you're going to get a different show. Yeah. You're not going to get the same show. I mean, Prince played two sh- two shows in Auckland in one night, and they were different. Wow. You know, yeah. they just come out and repeat. It was they're yeah. really quite different. I think there's three or four songs the same out of about thirty. True. Yeah. Wow. You can look up the set lists, and it's like they're very 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 that's different. cool that's really cool eh? mm, yeah so you're getting back into dylan and that is having an impact on this album that you make last year yep yep um let's talk through 2020 because 2020 <laughs> is a strange year for everyone yeah and man. you had a you had an interesting year so the album was all recorded um and you recorded it at home yep, yep at home as well yeah, yeah. um and oh yeah I could, I could have mentioned I got Bill Hammond. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I was going to say that's important too. Yeah, yeah. Like, so this artwork, this album, yeah. I, I got to have Bill Hammond artwork for the album cover, which was really special. Um, and I didn't think I'd be able to do. I just sent an email to the art gallery, and they replied, "Bill, Bill has agreed to this." I, I I've sent a little email, kind of trying to sell myself, like yeah, yeah, a little un, under underground artist who, yeah. you know, has put out some stuff, and people who hear it generally like it. Um, and I, I mentioned the other artists that I use for my other albums and I think that helped because I think he knew some of those, I don't even know, but apparently he was okay with it. I never got to thank him in person. I mm. sent him a letter and, um, cause he, you know, passed away yeah, like, yeah. two months ago or something. Yeah. A few yeah. Months ago. A few months um, ago now. Not, yeah. Not pretty recent. Yeah. yeah. So that was really special being able to use that for the yeah. artwork. And, and so, so that was coming out and then COVID happened and then the little centre that I work at, where all, most of us got COVID, um, and apart from one of the staff members didn't, mm. um, but the rest of us did, and a few clients did, and parents, some parents were hospitalised. Um, how, how, what, when was, because I remember you, you messaged me and said, you know, I've got the album coming out, and um, it's pretty interesting, and I've, I've actually just had coronavirus. <laughs> so, what, what, so I'm trying to think, like, when in relation to the the big kind of lockdown that so, we're, we're a year away from now, when, when in relation so to that March, to happen? Yeah. Um, so just before the... It, it, things were just starting yeah, to, to really... You know, we were still kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it's... That's happening over it? there. Yeah, it was starting to creep over. Yes. And... It, um, and but it was very early on, like, yeah. you know, we weren't qu- taking quite the precautions we would now, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone was at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was... It was so it pretty, swept through your workplace. Yeah, so, um, and, uh, so, I, yeah, I got a call from one of my co-workers saying, in the week and saying I do you feel funny Ben and I'm like oh actually I got a bit of a sore throat and he's like I feel terrible and I'm like huh <laughs> um, and then uh, we get some tests and yeah we pretty much all come back positive um, thankfully you know we, we work with some pretty vulnerable people and I think they dealt with it better than the rest of us you know um, mm. we all pulled through like I say uh, I think I said some parents were hospitalized but they yeah. all, all pulled through yeah um and it was pretty random like um you know we're all, we're all different ages and uh you know i work with some smokers and yeah 
they had less symptoms than I did, you know? Yeah. So it's random how it chooses how, to yeah. affect people. Yeah. Um, my symptoms were pretty mild to medium. Like, uh, if I didn't know, if no one had seen anything, I'd be like, man, this flu's kind of hanging around. Um, yeah. It was like very persistent, but I didn't have the chest or the, uh, the cough. I, I just had temperature and body aches and lost my sense of taste and like was pretty tired but yeah, but, but you got it in that first kind of real first proper wave. Of yeah, it, where you'd have been seen as one of the dumb villains that went and got COVID, <laughs> kind of uh, by, uh, by 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 some people anyway. Uh, oh, uh, I'm not sure. You reckon? Uh, it was. It was. No, I don't. Uh, was it even before that? Because it wasn't like people. I think it was before the stage that people were like rebelling or anything. I okay. think it, I felt like yeah. it was. It was still pretty early. So it was uh, in no the, one was in blaming the nervous us. Kind of, and yeah. the nervous kind of hope I don't get it. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was around then. Okay. Um, Not that there's ever a good time to get it, by the no. way. But I was <laughs> just trying to sort of. I mean, it's it's crazy how distant a, a year ago seems yeah. in so many ways. Like how we crawled through last year. Yeah. That. And we were bombarded, I guess, as we are just in our daily lives now with so much information. Yeah. That I mean, I mean, it's all that Miranda Harcourt and Stuart McKenzie have just made a play called Transmission, mm-hmm. which is verbatim speeches from um, Michael Baker and Grant Robertson and Jacinda Ardern about, okay. and it charts the, and it, it's sold out here in Wellington, and I imagine they will take it around the country. It's okay. Incre- it's incredible. Great. Great. It's amazing. But, um, Watching that, it was just like, wow, that's right, I forgot all of this happened. Yeah, you know, so much, so, you yeah. forget. But you were, and they had real footage, like they had actual real footage of the speeches being made and stuff, and you're like, God, I remember sitting at home watching that. Yeah. I remember how I felt that day watching that piece of information, but it's only a year ago, and you're already... When like, Tom Hanks you know, got it, that's when it got real. That, <laughs> that's <laughs> it. There were all these different little milestone yeah, yeah. moments like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um... Yeah, um, and... But yeah, so you've got your album ready to go. Yeah, yeah, so great timing. <laughs> yeah. No, um, uh, so I recovered technically uh, on the day that the album came out, so it was good timing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good few weeks, and I kind of held it together pretty well, um, and it wasn't until the very end where I was pretty much better that I started, the weight of everything kind of hit me, like... Um, I think yeah. I was in survival mode and then it was like, holy crap, like, and I'm a hypochondriac already. So, uh, I managed to yes. keep myself pretty centered. Yeah. And then at the end I was like, on like recovering and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I had to turn social media off cause you know, yeah. everyone was dying left, right and center. And, yeah, yeah. um, uh, but also, yeah. you know, we were, you know, I mean, we're, 10 or 15 years off a full understanding of the impact of what last year has done to us you know in terms of a version of ptsd yeah and that's even for people that didn't come close to getting it Mm. you know Mm. that's just for people that were yeah removed from what was their normal life and 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 fucking privileged people Mm. you know Mm. talking about people like myself that that had had a nice warm house yeah and were able to function without Totally. You know, being out in the world. Yeah. And we're not quite sure what sort of toll that's going to take on all of us. No, I know it's, yeah, it's, I found this tour quite difficult, even just 
leaving Auckland, mm, you know. Mm. I, 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 um, so you had a tour booked, obviously, for your or your for your album. I actually that, didn't. Or you were that was the next plan. Well, oh, okay, it was, so you didn't. It's actually to... a funny. It was funny coincidence because I thought I, I was specifically gonna um, not tour in the immediately because mm. I wanted to break the cycle of release yeah, yeah. tour, release tour. Yeah. Because it puts a lot of pressure on. You know, I don't have a huge fan base, and yeah, I feel yeah. like if I separate the touring from, what am I trying to say? Like, it, I don't leave enough gap in the middle of yeah, album yeah. releases to really yeah. build a following. So, I, I I shouldn't tour like the album release until I yeah. know that I've, I don't know, played yeah. more shows or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I wasn't going to plan on, I wasn't planning on actually doing a tour, and then this happened. So I was like, well, <laughs> um, but you know, it I. I think I still would have eventually and then obviously the year happened and like I say it's been a bit tricky like in my headspace getting back out playing shows because yeah some form of PTSD you know of, yeah of yeah of like I say I'm already a hypochondriac so if, I, yeah, yeah. if I've got a sore throat I'm like oh shit you know I'm <laughs> but you back. had you did have shows booked that you had to then wipe later in the year last year because there was the waves of that's right you're right yeah because yeah, yeah. that's when we were going to we talk we were going to talk last yeah, year yeah yeah yeah. That, yeah that's right there was a couple of one off shows yeah, yeah. Mm. so you did have to yeah cancel yeah. but not a big sort of oh, I feel for the, yeah, yeah yeah not like some artists who have had yeah it's their main thing you know yeah 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 and um, and, and not just the artists like the uh, road crew people you know oh, like riggers, rig, yeah. the tech people that have just been sidelined yeah and in a lot of cases uh, have transitioned to a new industry a yeah, new line wow. of work because it's like well it's over and now the that things are over. kind of back to normal <laughs> the touring circuit in New Zealand's crazy like yeah. you know um, I was just saying to French yeah. rabbits. Yeah. The, um, she, we're just like you know. Uh, every town I played at in this tour, there's been other bands in the same town playing, yeah, and it's like yeah. it, the competition to like get people to come to the shows. Oh, totally. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's right. Like I had, I mean, this going to sound like a, a a a wanky name drop. It's not meant to, but um, Marlon Williams was sold out, mm. and I didn't go because I had been invited to go and see Bill Bailey at the last minute. Cool. But on the day, Marlon sent me a message saying, because I've still never seen him play. Sure. And, um, I mean, I went to a showcase thing he did in Aussie with just, uh, like, an industry thing, and I just happened to be there, so a mate dragged me along. So that was really cool. Yeah. But I've never been to a proper gig that he's done. Mm. I saw him when he, you know, before he was kind of Marlon Williams, if you like. I saw him when he was fronting the band and when he was just getting going and hadn't released solo stuff. Yeah. Um in small venues so I haven't seen him since he's become yeah, yeah. and I really want to and he sent me a message saying hey man you know if you want to come along it's sold out but I'll slip you in and I said oh I've got to you know I'd love to but mm. I'm going to Bill Bailey and he's like oh yeah as I was writing this I thought fuck you're probably going to that sure, sure. and I was thinking like you know how lucky are we that those are the choices two sold out yeah. shows on the same night yeah, exactly, doesn't yeah. seem that long ago that we're all going fuck we'll never see anything ever again yeah and for and other countries and other people are still in, yeah. that, in that phase of life we've bounced back pretty quickly my hope so. is that it's it's hopeful for Fingers other countries though. Yeah, like, yeah. they look at us and they go okay it, things might get better you know like yeah. you know obviously it's yeah it's a, it's a whole different thing for other countries yeah uh, politically and all that but um, hopefully we're a, 
it's a hopeful thing for people mm. to see. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So the album comes out. Uh, you recover. Yeah. You recover, and the country recovers. Yeah. Bit by bit, and and moves out of lockdown. Shows start happening again, mm. uh, very tentatively last year, and then you put out an EP at the yeah. end of last year too. Yeah. Yeah. So. I decided, um, well, if you know, if I'm going to be locked down, um, I, um, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I had, I think I, I had these songs, you know, I had it already written, all but one of those songs. Yeah. Um, and so I thought this would keep me busy, and I actually wanted to, like, I, I wanted to record some piano. Yeah. And voice songs, um, and so it just seemed like. And then, yeah, like I said, it would be a good experiment and just putting something out without the, the fuss because I was getting a bit... Putting out an album is, you know, there's always an element of stress about it. And I'm like, it would be fun to do something and not really... And you do the big... It. Like, you do the vinyl, you know, like, you do the mm. full package delivery. Like, mm. you're making CDs and LPs and things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, like, the, the build-up and, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I thought it would be fun to make something purely for myself. Not that, you know, the other stuff isn't, but, like... Uh, yeah, and just put it out with not too much, too much fuss, and and yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I'm happy. And it's with that got EP. the and it's got the Dylan cover on. Yeah, it, yeah. Then. So I put the Dylan cover out first. Yeah, and then put that like EP a out. Single thing. Yeah, and you know there are so many Bob Dylan covers, mm. but it is was it a moment of like when you actually commit to doing it or commit it to tape? It's big shoes to fill, like a, or yeah. You know, did you? I, feel I that actually way, felt or? confident because, like I said, yeah, I, you I, I'd live with the song. Live with the song. I think yeah, if yeah. I was like asked to do a cover on the spot, like yeah, you'd go and learn a Bob Dylan song and play it. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I you'd grown up with this. Yeah, yeah. and I played it. Mm. I used to play it on guitar, but I mm. I started playing it on piano, and I felt like I had something with it. Um, so again, yeah, I think might have just been the mindset at the time but I didn't I didn't get too overwhelmed by the by that thought you know mm. I was just like let's just let's just do this put it out and um yeah so no I, I maybe I should have been more intimidated but I think you know I, I, I knew that you know whoever hears it will be a small number it's not like it's gonna be yeah <laughs> I don't know um but yeah, so no, it wasn't too intimidating. I don't yeah, think yeah. in the in the end. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't I hadn't done any covers before, so yeah, no, I don't know. Don't yeah, know I was thinking that too. You hadn't, <laughs> you hadn't actually recorded a cover version. Yeah, but um, like I say, it's, it's it, the song's pretty close to my heart and. I was just I had, I had recorded the piano and I was just I just sung along to it like every day, just like getting in getting in the vibe and yeah. You wouldn't be the first person to do an all Dylan covers record, is that you know has it has it opened the <laughs> the mind towards uh, something or or if not him like a single artist? I mean, uh, that, or no? I, I I think about I would, I don't think I'd ever do one artist. Yeah, I'd have to. But I, maybe a bunch of covers. Like, yeah, yeah, I do think about I do think about that. Um, maybe down the line. Yeah. Because um, I think, like you know, you know, we we're talking before about the, or I was talking about the, the solo piano album as a thing mm. in people's career. That's a cool way to do it, where you it's covers on the piano, mm. you know, something like that. Mm. You, so where you do do things like take a song like Changing the Guard, which is a big band arrangement, mm. 
one of the big band, but you like it's a ba- full mm. band arrangement, mm. or you take a song that's primarily a guitar song and yeah. you put it on a different instrument. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, maybe maybe down the line, eh? Mm. Uh, I, I, like I say, I think I'd have to feel like I've lived with the song yeah, for a yeah, while yeah. to 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 you know feel like I've got something to to add to. You know, there's it's, so many Dylan, even changing of the guards. You, you yeah, know, so many bunch people, of versions. Lots oh, of versions be, out there. I don't think. I mean, you'd have to dig pretty deep to find a Dylan song that hasn't been yeah. covered, right? Like, and even you know, um, <clears throat> there's a covers album that came out a couple of years ago of Dylan covers, and you know, there's some pretty obscure stuff on that, mm. like. Songs off Empire Burlesque, oh, yeah. and, you know, songs off um, Down in the Groove, you know, yeah. like someone's albums really... Albums I still haven't... Yeah, they're albums, <laughs> that, they're albums that have really, you know, yeah, you've got to do your extra homework to get to those in a lot of cases, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just bought Down in the Groove on vinyl a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Never owned it before. Had it on CD. Actually, don't think it's as bad as Knocked Out Loaded. I think Knocked Out Loaded I, is I, the I, shit I, one. I, I really I, think that's the shit yeah, one. Yeah, because I knew how much... Hate knocked out loaded has. I gave it yeah. a listen recently, but I mean, I mean, I do like Brownsville Girl. I think that's yeah, a good song. I do too. But I also I do, but I also think it's somewhat overrated. In the people, people use that as the great example of even shit records have good songs on uh, yeah. them. And I think yeah, fair, and it's not at all bad. Mm. But I think there are some better songs on Down in the Groove than Brownsville Girl. Yeah, yeah. Would you be knocked out loaded? Uh, yeah, the, the, okay. no, but there are better songs on on Down in the Groove oh, yeah. than than you know Brownsville Girl. Oh, like, uh, okay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knocked out lo- loaded overall is awful, <laughs> and and yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's funny, but but it's I I just think maybe the song's a little bit too long. Maybe you know I yeah. know it's a, I know it's supposed to be I know it's an epic ballad it's an epic story song yeah um, but I just think when you weigh it all up like <laughs> and you know it's a co-write with Sam Shepard that's supposed to have some loftiness to it too yeah I just sort of think and you wow. think about the songs that never made it on any album yeah that are like brilliant you I'm know? just like fuck why didn't you put Blind Willie McTell on there like <laughs> yeah. that's a better song <laughs> you know that's a, that's a fucking amazing song why didn't you just put that there yeah. yeah yeah but it's incredible that there's that much going on about this guy catalogue yeah that you I like can, that yeah you know I just bought I think it's just sitting up there that I just bought the original bootleg series on CD volume 1 to 3 that double disc down there this yeah uh, under oh, that. yeah yeah oh yeah that I mean that was really my proper introduction to Dylan that and Masterpieces and that's so that's songs from 1961 through to 91 that basically, for one reason or another, never made the record. There was so a rumour that there's the some next, alternate versions. The yeah, next the next one's going to be Infidels, maybe? yeah, apparently Which is pretty cool. But that one, like I, I love the bootleg series, but that one in we, particular is the one. You know what's cool? Uh, I heard if there's ever a bootleg series for Street Legal, because yeah. apparently Changing of the Guards. I think was written on piano. Yeah, I, I remember reading somewhere that he. Yeah. Somewhere, so it would be so cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. There was a piano version of that. <laughs> yeah, album. yeah. Imagine, uh, imagine uh, if you got really close to it without knowing <laughs> yeah. it. That would be incredible. Be it's quite possible. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, there could be an individual bootleg series for practically every Dylan album. Yeah, That's how. Yeah. Like there are the alternate versions of the albums. There are the outtakes. Mm. Like it's pretty insane how much recording was done mm. you know for each for almost every project mm. and certainly there's 
heaps of good stuff around the time of Oh Mercy, which is, mm. you know, an interesting album. I really like that album, mm. but and that's for a lot of people, that's the start of him getting his groove back mm. after mm. A, a couple of... I listened to that the first time recently at the gym. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, I, Most of the time, which I love, that mm. song, that's... I just heard a ver- the original version of that recently, which is just him on acoustic guitar. Oh, okay. And it's so different. Yeah. You know, it's cool. so different um, because the recorded version is draped in Daniel Anwar's production, yeah. which I really like. Some people don't like his stuff, but I really like what he does to a song, and I think it, that works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, his production, yeah, especially Time Out of Mind, that's what makes that album Big special. Time. And yeah. you can see that Dylan kind of rebelled from that a bit after that going yeah. I actually really like Dylan's production like Love and Theft too. is a new yeah. album for me too yeah. I only just got onto that yeah and I thought that was somewhat overhyped at the time so I'm yeah. just getting back into that now and mm. it's pretty great like yeah, yeah. Um, but you can you can hear that Dylan would rather things be much more straight yeah, yeah. and I love I mean there is probably too much of them but those um, covers albums the Sinatra sort of mm. styled ones I think they're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Fallen Angels, I think, is incredible. Yeah. Um, Triplicate is probably a bit, you know, it's taking it a bit too far. That's going. the only one I've yeah. got. No, the first two are really good. Okay. And, and I think Fallen Angels in particular is the one. Like, cool. the band is a bit more lively on that. It's not all sleepy. Yeah. It's not all sleepy time. Well, they definitely brought his voice back for the, yeah. the recent album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, well, I've just I've just bought um, the new one on vinyl, yeah. so I'm going to spend a bit more time with it again. I love, I mean, it was a, a good lockdown record. I was yeah. excited about that when they came out and I spent a bit of time with it and I really like it. I think lyrically he's jumped it's oh. top of his game. And um, I did the thing that I do, like I, and now I'm kind of thinking, oh, maybe I will say something about it, but I always like to once, you know, a couple of times a year, a really big album comes out and I just think, I'm not going to write about that at all. Okay. I just want to live with it. Yeah. And, you know, the two were um, that and the Fiona Apple album. Okay, yeah. I just bought them and enjoyed them. Cool. And went, like, I'm not actually going to you know, yeah. I don't need to add to the noise about that. Okay. I just want to have yeah. them. And it's, it's might sound a little naff, but it's just a thing I think I need to do as someone who writes a lot about music is yeah. just try and own an album or two for just myself. It seems rather good. than be defined by, you know, oh, you, you know, you said that about it. Do you still think that? Yeah. yeah. Which, which, to be fair, doesn't happen that much. I don't have a massive audience, but I, um, yeah, I just know that for. The better part of twenty years—that's what I've been doing. I think that sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've had a nice chat. Do you want to play something? Sure. Yeah. Um, Have I forgotten to ask you anything? Is there anything? What's, what's you, going on? Yeah, um, is there anything else you want to? Anything you want to plug? Um, nah. I'm just played in Wellington last night and got Palmerston North tonight. Yeah. And uh, a living room show, and then my next show is in uh, Auckland, June fifth at the wine cellar, um, and then I think I'm just gonna maybe start recording again. I've got, I've got almost enough songs to start recording again, so I don't see why. You shouldn't. I shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I find that I think I've found that I. I don't like to sit on songs for too long before mm. I record them. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah. Well, you know, you can, I mean, you, you haven't needed to do this yet, but, like, again, Dylan's a great example of this, Neil Young, definitely. You can you can revisit them. You can re-record them in a new yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can suddenly decide that you need to, you know. Mm. You could go back and... You could re-record the early EP rather than release it. <laughs> do a piano version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, 
I'll see how I go. Um, I thought I'd play a new song. Yeah. Um, because it's quite short and sweet. Sure. Um, alrighty. Oh, everything's a river, and that is how it goes. The ports are uncertainty, and we live in our boats. And I'm meaning to ask you where you think you are with me. With the full moon and streetlight on a breezy midnight tree. And I hear it when I'm sleeping. Wander to the porch, unhook the chimes, lay them on their side, and blow out the torch. The torch. Thinking about death, what it's like taking that last breath. Oh, and it scares me, I ain't seen nothing yet. Shark attack down south, and once they got the body out, Daddy walked me deep into the waves, screaming, Let me feel what she felt. And I've been thinking about war, everybody on the Strobe lights on the crowd and the music was loud But I know what I saw I know what I saw What a nice, um, what a nice way to finish. What a nice exclusive to oh, have a new song, and um, it just reminds me of what I love about so many of your songs is they just arrive like little snapshots. Oh, you know, cool. Like they feel, they feel like you just move straight into them. Cool. And they, are, in some way, that song is still happening. Cool. You know, you've cool. stopped playing it, but I'm still hearing it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a bit nervous, bit nervous playing first thing in the morning without any <laughs> warm up. But um, no, that was a that was a pleasure. And it was nice to finally have this chat because we've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. You'll have to come to a show next yeah, time. Yeah, for time, sure. When you're free. Sixteen years, sixteen banners united over the field. With a good ship it grieves Desperate men And desperate women divided Spreading their wings Neath the fallen leaves Fortune calls I stepped forth from the shadows to 